Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome to Jump Cuts, a podcast about movies where this week we watched Friday. My name is Charlie, and I'm playing a fun game today called Why Do I Feel Like Shit? Is it because I just got my second COVID vaccine and the 5G is overpowering my body? Or is it because I ate an entire frozen pizza for dinner despite the fact that I am lactose intolerant? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Why not both? (laughs) You know, it could be. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Spark. Hello. And Will. Hello. You know, I I heard the the one thing they say not to do when you get the vaccine is to eat uh, an entire frozen pizza. <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> they did tell me that, and I flagrantly uh, ignored them. Yeah, <laughs> the scientist working on it is like, all right, everything should be fine as long as this one edge case <laughs> doesn't happen. Don't eat an entire frozen pizza. Uh, well, I did do that because I am a dumbass. Uh, but someone who's not a dumbass is my good buddy Will, who's going to recap this Aww. movie because it was his pick. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> the IMDb description is It's Friday, and Craig and Smokey must come up with $200 they owe a local bully, or there won't be a Saturday. Which is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It's close to right, but they don't owe a, a local bully $200. They owe a, a local drug dealer $200, which I feel like the definition of bully doesn't really fit that. And there is also an actual neighborhood bully in the movie yeah. who they do not owe money to. Someone was confused. <laughs> they this, I think I don't know. It's true. I when I read the description, I thought they were going to be. So I I hadn't seen the movie before. I was like, are they going to be like high schoolers? This is going to be twenty five year old Ice Cube playing a fourteen year old. But no, <laughs> he's playing an adult. Uh, Even though I I guess like the neighborhood they're in has like there are some sort of like high school like summer vibes to it particularly with like the the bully character that's true yeah just the riding the bikes around the neighborhood and picking on kids yeah although part of they might have just put him on a bike because he's so big that he looks very funny riding it is hilarious (laughs) yeah the uh the bully is played by tom lister jr who you might also know as like the galactic federation president from fifth element and I think he was a, was he WWE wrestler or something beforehand or a boxer? I think he was a wrestler beforehand. He's been in a ton of stuff too. He's like, he's done a lot of small roles in a lot of places. He's got a bunch of yeah, credits. He, he's, there's a ton of like very recognizable char- character actors <laughs> in this movie, along with, of course, uh, Ice Cube and Chris Tucker, uh, Good friend of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, jeez. We can't have anything fun anymore. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. The uh, the description of that one is so strange, too. It's like, went to Africa for purposes having nothing to do with Epstein's other activities, says one of the victims who was on the plane. Like, hold up. Yeah, like, wait a minute. He was with <laughs> Kevin Spacey and Bill Clinton. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, oh kind of known to be uh, a kind of uh, sexually dangerous, I guess we could say. <laughs> uh, 
Great actor, though. Very charismatic, just unbelievable energy in this movie. What kind of drew me to this movie, on top of just, like, I've heard about this movie for a while, and I think what, like, specifically inspired it, I was watching a a little YouTube series done by, like, a a vinyl shop that's called, like, What's in My Bag, where they have, like, musicians come in and tell you what they are buying from the store. It's kind of just like an ad for their store, but it's also interesting to hear musicians talk about music and sometimes movies because like they sell movies there too and one of the guys from the flatbush zombies like was talking up friday like specifically in the context of like one it's cool that ice cube this is like his first uh movie he wrote like his first feature length writing credit he wrote a movie and starred in it uh and it's also like weirdly well shot for a comedy you know (laughs) for something that would like it it feels like it's something you would find on like comedy central just like scrolling like kind of like midday on like a saturday if that makes sense like they didn't have to go this hard on this movie but they did (laughs) for like a lot of stuff i don't know when you when you Uh, first look at it it seems like it's gonna be or like right off you'd almost think it's gonna be like don't be a menace to south central while drinking your juice in the hood what that is that is a comedy movie title Okay. <laughs> don't, don't be a yeah, menace like, to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Uh, which is a, that was just a lot of words that I wasn't familiar with. It. I, was like, is, I, I, the title? I thought it was like having a stroke. Like, <laughs> if I, like that sentence didn't connect for me. I thought it was like it's, an early Fallout Boy song or something. No, it's it's another it's another like mid nineties, uh, like L.A. Compton kind of comedy similar to this, but is not nearly as good interesting like not even close (laughs) (laughs) there were a few scenes that like stuck out to me as like i kind of got especially from there's like a scene when they're walking out into uh like the front yard where like almost the whole movie takes place this movie is uh sort of just mostly ice cube and chris tucker sitting in front of a house like, and having things happen to them. <laughs> they go out into the lawn, and you see, like, Ice Cube sit down, and then he leans back, and it's like, oh, he sat down on, like, a bench press bench. He starts, like, doing that. There's a lot of, like, there's a few little, like, visual gags in the movie, you know? Like, the thing where you, like, open a door, and you close it, and then suddenly, like, a character's there. I think that's how they introduce his dad. Yeah, with the refrigerator, he closes the fridge, and his dad's suddenly there just munching on grapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, fun little stuff like that, and then, like, even when the movie gets more serious, like, when they're, like, avoiding getting shot in a drive-by, <laughs> <laughs> so, this comedy goes in some interesting directions, uh, it's, like, it's, like, very well lit, and I, I don't know, like, for, like, a lot of comedies, I feel like, kind of phone it in visually, uh, and... From my perspective, uh, they did not at all. Especially, I saw in like the IMDb trivia that they shot it in like twenty days, mm-hmm. which makes the like visual quality even more impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a it's a good looking movie, especially for being. I mean, it's a low lower budget film. It was sub five million. It was what it was like three or four million dollars for it. And yeah, like you said, shot in. 
20 days, so not a lot of time for reshoots, and it's all outside, so you're at the mercy of the weather, too. Throughout this movie, though, just speaking of the shots, there are, it's a lot of just the static frame looking at them sitting in their chairs, but you do occasionally get these kind of fun tracking shots, like when they're chasing the the kid on the bike and the camera's like mounted to the front of his bike as he's pedaling away. What is he screaming? I'm like, I was kidding. I was kidding. Or like lay off, lay off or something as they're trying to yeah. run him down. <laughs> and it gives you a great image of them actually managed to keep pace with the kid on a bike, which is pretty impressive for a minute or two. Uh, I do. Uh, it also <laughs> helps <laughs> emphasize how like pathetic our two main characters are. Yes, <laughs> chasing down this little kid on the bike. I mean, he which... does keep kicking over their trash cans, but <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but I feel like that, that's sort of this is like a tangent, but uh, for how important it is, I think for if you're gonna write a movie and like star in it, like that to me is an enormous red flag, <laughs> especially when. It's someone uh, like Ice Cube who's like, oh, he's already famous for like NWA, right? Like it is a big red flag for like, I think I'm the best and that I can do any sort of art just because I'm good at this one other kind. But uh, he, one, I think does a really good job like in general. And I feel like a good sign of that is the fact that he made his, his the character he plays a loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like fired from his job he's like kind of a dweeb like he's especially like when it comes to weed like he's like really averse to it which is like interesting to see in a movie that uh i also had heard was like sort of a stoner comedy but i wouldn't classify it as that either you know no. yeah i mean he's he, he went the opposite route of our uh, favorite director neil breen Yes, he uh, is the Ice Cube is the exact opposite <laughs> of Neil Breen. Actually, that's no, no, like that's literally who I was like thinking of. Yeah. Is like the main, like a Neil Breen or a Tommy Wiseau is like what? Yeah, because mm. like Neil Breen always makes himself the like savior of the world, who was like a top Navy SEAL and like commander of whatever the hell mythical army he wants to be the commander of. He's actually just Q and I. <laughs> <laughs> All of Neil Breed's movies are about him being proto Q. Him him being out in the desert with fifteen, like twenty year old laptops. Yeah. And like his understanding of technology in the world is kind of like a decade behind. So like <laughs> in five or so years we'll get his QAnon movie. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Can't wait. I'm really looking forward to. Um but yeah, like Ice Cube's character Craig, his name's Craig, uh is like not it, it doesn't feel like he's just trying to like gas himself up <laughs> as his character right yeah. like they actually make him like interesting with like flaws and insecurities and like just like a lot of just random bad shit happening to him <laughs> uh you know he's the kind of guy who's chasing a literal child down the street to like <laughs> try to like get him ass. to stop kicking over his trash cans every day <laughs> i don't know it's just like that, that's a lot of this movie of just like them dealing with the stupid shit going on on their street i mean and it's in a way almost like a comedic rear window of them just watching the world go by yes like, it's very much like yeah it's like the comedy <laughs> version of that like watching bernie mac as the pastor go and like have an affair with 
Miss Parker across the street. That and was then, funny. <laughs> then Tony Cox shows up. <laughs> oh man. You know the uh the kids that were kicking the trash cans gave me trailer park boys vibes because of the bottle kids and <laughs> <in> trailer park <Yeah>. boys. <laughs> it's kind of a similar premise of just like, you know, show about a well, movie in this case about a, a little neighborhood. You, you could tell, you, you can really feel, I don't know if it's specifically just coming from like Ice Cube or uh, I guess it maybe everyone working on it, but like there is, I felt a lot of like detail in just like the, be it like the set design or like the different characters in like the neighborhood is that it feels like very lived in and like sort of nostalgic in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know? Um, whereas, especially in, like, a neighborhood like this, where it's, like, not a very, like, wealthy place (laughs) that they're in by any stretch, right? And, like, there's, like, the guy who drives a, (laughs) the guy who drives an ice cream truck is also, like, a drug dealer, and there's, like, a crackhead on the corner. It's, like, clearly not, like, the safest place, but, like, everyone there seems to, like, genuinely love it. And then, like, even to the point where Craig's parents don't even see it as, like, dangerous, you know? It's like, this is, like, this is where we live, you yeah. know? And mm-hmm. a lot of other movies, what I feel like, what I, I feel like would really play up, they would make it feel, like, tragic or something, you know? But that's I mean, not really what this movie's trying to do. They would almost play it up like a lot of American movies play up Mexico, where they make it you know, tan and seem like a complete <laughs> shithole. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was, n- no, like weird sepia tones going on. <laughs> in this movie. And I mean, they, we, we do that with stories about low income urban neighborhoods with, you know, everything, right? Like I, the thing that's brought to the mind for some reason is the wire, which is Baltimore, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's showed as this like huge, like tragedy of humanity. And that's not really how it's presented at all in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though, like, there is a serious side to the story, but it's it doesn't take the most obvious approach, which would be that one. I think that's compelling. Yeah. And it makes sense for someone, like, like his Ice Cube, you know, came from... Like, he, he's writing what he knows, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, he is aware and of, like, the any, like, dangers or, like, problems in like a neighborhood like this but also like almost everyone he knows and loves comes from <laughs> a place like this too right so uh the depiction of it is like really fun to watch it's i mean you know it's the the human side of that right it's like you know here are the actual people and them living their lives as opposed to like the the broad scope yeah tragedy like, of poverty because it is that is what you know but yeah but like um, even his father says like when he went in the scene with him with the gun did we already say this i i might have blanked i'm tired after a day of work but uh when like when he has the gun out his father even says like if i had known you would need a gun to protect yourself your mother and i never would have moved to this neighborhood cuz like they they're completely blind to the neighborhood because for them it's just where they live and you know it's it's how it is 
<laughs> I feel like we're taking this weirdly seri- seriously for a movie with like so many jokes about pooping, <laughs> <laughs> which I think can maybe take us to the next <laughs> thing I wanted to talk about, uh, which is how the comedy land for everyone. Cause this movie is first and foremost a comedy. Uh, so a good measure of how good it is, is, uh, was it funny? Did it make you laugh? Uh, yes yes yeah <laughs> i thought it was very funny <laughs> yeah like i definitely got the like classic you know uh chris tucker getting a little i don't know i want to say like obnoxious but like you know chris tucker's comedy it's it, it's very loud and in your face and so like the further into the movie it got not all of it hit with me but for the most part 98 percent of this movie i was laughing he's a very gregarious character uh, a good word i i enjoy it thank that's you that's a I 10 point word uh, <laughs> I feel like i even think i saw somewhere that like uh ice cube still laughs his ass off at this movie i'm sure like i think somebody <laughs> that's saw, funny if he's like watching this movie no, I, I legitimately <laughs> think somebody like saw him on an airplane watching friday and just like chuckling to himself the entire time <laughs> That's, that's such a fucking funny thing to do. <laughs> I can barely listen to our own podcast. Okay, that being said, I have for sure just like sat here giggling at our own jokes while editing the show. So, uh, but like, I don't, I don't do it on a plane. <laughs> but yeah, for me, it was, uh, it's like kind of hit or miss. Or like, it's like a style of comedy that I haven't seen in years. You know, it's mm-hmm. feels it's very much like a, a '90s <laughs> comedy. Oh yeah, so '90s. And like uh, the scene, a pretty early scene in the movie when his dad is taking a shit and like makes him talk to him in the room <laughs> with him. <laughs> Which like at first I was very put off. I was like, "What the fuck did I do?" <laughs> But then, like, as the scene went, I was like, okay, this is actually <laughs> hilarious. Did y'all, did y'all have subtitles on while you were watching no. this? Oh, my God. Because every time he would shit, it would just go plop in the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dying. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Like, the dad is such a, like, centrally strange person. <laughs> this movie, I've never seen a man quite like him. He's my favorite character in the movie, personally. He's so, He's so good. Dude munches on some grapes. Yes. <laughs> the way he eats. <laughs> the part where he comes back to the house after they've been, like, smoking and they're sitting on the couch and they're, like, kind of freaked out and he comes storming in. This dog bit me on the ass. <laughs> and, uh, speaking of good shots, I was trying to think of one earlier. This is a weird thing to call a good shot, but the camera goes, like, behind him, and you just see, like, the giant hole in his pants, and there's, like, a band-aid on his ass cheek. <laughs> and then later, he's, oh, yeah, he's we, watching <laughs> a show about a mailman getting chased by a dog. And he's, like, cuddling with a giant stuffed dog, and you can see the band-aid on his ass behind him. <laughs> and he's, like, trying to convince... Craig is his son to like join him in the animal control business and he's like I don't even like dogs like I don't either that's the beauty of it you get to just choke him out I got my foot up a dog's ass all day I was like oh my god it's kind of fucked up (laughs) but yeah I agree that like I you know of course not every joke lands 
And that's just how I know there's no comedy where that is the case. But overall, I think it's really good. I feel like there's a stretch in like the, the final third of the movie, maybe where like the percentage of things that was landing was lower, but also like that was the more serious stretch of the movie. Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe it was just like in the in the tone of it, it wasn't getting to me. I don't know. But the the first half of the movie, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. So like near the end, it's just like our characters are like about to die. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, it's I don't know. It gets very it gets very tense. And then like I don't know. There's like little parts where it's like there's your like '90s boner comedy moments where it's like. Oh, the character saw a pretty lady. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Like, doesn't really land for me as much anymore. I've never heard the term boner comedy before. You've never heard that? There's like, that's like an entire genre, dude. It's like, (laughs) it's like American Pie. I was going to say, yeah. Yes. That's a different way to describe the teen sex comedy of the 90s. Uh, Yeah, boner comedy. I'm going to have to keep that one. That's good. That's a good description. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah so there's little moments like that and then like <laughs> near the end we get into some like weird musings about masculinity but that's not really a joke <laughs> it's yeah, just like, yeah it gets <laughs> i don't know <laughs> this movie does like randomly or not i want to say like randomly but it just it's a very sudden jump from you sitting there laughing to a very serious conversation and then goes right back to making jokes about it yeah that's I guess that's something I wanted to talk about is like, does that, do y'all like that in movies? Because there's, I've seen stuff that, that has done that. I, uh, people listening probably know by now I watch a lot of anime and that's like weirdly super common <laughs> in that medium. Uh, I don't know if it has something to do with the way like manga is released, but like having like a beloved character die and then following following it up with like a comedy chapter <laughs> is like very common. <laughs> uh, so for some reason, I think of anime every time I see a movie, like, flip this hard in tone from, like, dead ser- deadly serious conversation to, like, haha, Chris Tucker has to shit outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. I, I enjoy that, but I do think it's a really hard thing to do. And I don't necessarily want to say most, but a lot of movies that try to do that kind of lose one or the other a lot of things that are dark comedies self-professed like aren't really that funny like we kind of talked about that with like promising young woman last week right uh Uh, where like the the good parts of that movie were more what was serious and i do think the good parts of this movie are more what is funny than what's serious but also it i think it hits the balance very well it pulls yeah. it off better than a lot of movies like, that i've seen and I, I i think the serious moments really land they really land and they're they're impactful serious moments too like in a weird way of the like really awkward dad you know telling him that you know you don't need a gun it's like your fist or what we used to use to protect ourselves and he didn't end up dead for it yeah it's like a it's not only just like a good I guess, like, message, you know, like, shooting people is bad. But uh, it's, like, <laughs> delivered and written in a way that is, like, it makes a ton of sense for both characters, you know? Like, the the dad sort of, like, longing for 
a time where like maybe where they lived like wasn't like as dangerous you know and like his childhood where like people weren't uh getting like shot as much before the cia introduced crack cocaine to america i'm glad you said it so i didn't have to <laughs> I, yeah. i'm on too many cia mentions. you knew it was coming you all knew it was coming <laughs> you knew what you uh, signed yeah. up for um but yeah it's like that that conversation in particular i think is the the peak of that part of the movie because it's so like tender and a loving and like good parenting <laughs> and uh i don't know it's because it's like the the way their relationship is established at the start of the movie i i don't know this this is good writing to me the way it's established at the start is the dad kind of like getting on him getting on his case a little bit and with a you know how'd you get fired on your day off <laughs> that whole thing yeah <laughs> um, and he's telling him like you're your uh, word of the day is J-O-B job. Go out, get out, get the hell out of my house and go get another job. Right. But then when he comes home from getting bit on the ass by a dog <laughs> and Craig is there, he doesn't really like get on his case or like berate him. And I mean, you know, he got fired yesterday, right? Like you're allowed to, to have a little yeah. cool down period. And then when he sees him, you know, pulling out the gun later, it's not this like you know angry berating thing. It's like what the hell are you doing? It's like uh, it's it's very understanding and yeah. this nice like parental juxtaposition of like that you know drive it trying to you know, push him out the door, get him to go do something, but not mm-hmm. dismantling him when something is going wrong. Clearly, trying to help. Yeah, him. like he's he he's harsh for like the small stuff. And then for, like, when it's super serious, he's, like, very caring and gentle. Mm-hmm. And that even, that works in the, the comedy versus the seriousness of the movie, where, like, the, the yeah. harsher stuff is played as a joke, right? Like, talking about how the hell did you get fired on your day off while he's sitting on the toilet taking huge <laughs> shit. Yeah, or he's, like, he, he's just, like, asking him to come bring him, like, a glass of water, like, from outside. <laughs> Uh, where we get where we get our ice cube fourth wall break. Oh yeah. Yep. He drops an ice cube. Huh, and then looks directly at the camera. <laughs> There's one other little like talk to the camera moment, or actually two at the end There's of the movie. Two, like, yeah. The the Chris Tucker one, which is the final scene, is like very clearly intentional and just how it's supposed to be done. Did it feel to anyone else like when so Ice Cube is talking to Debbie is the the woman, right? Yep. Uh, and he says something about "I'll meet you at seven thirty instead of 8, And then he like kind of like lo- half looks at the camera, and is like, "That's right." And then, but like, just looks past the camera after that. I was like, "Did he do that on purpose?" I have no idea. <laughs> I think he did because it's the like you know nobody you don't expect him to actually end up with Debbie at the end of the movie because he fucked everything up throughout the whole movie. And then he gets the date with her. So it's just like, a, yeah, that's right. I did it. Yeah. Which to me, like kind of like the, maybe like the weakest part of the movie is like the very end. It's just like, oh, and then he like won a fight and like got the girl at the end. I don't know. That felt like sillier or like yeah. we didn't need it. I don't know. Uh, 
Especially when they, like, go on about, it's just like, oh, it's, like, more honorable to fight with your fist. And then he, like, starts hitting him with, like, pieces of garbage. <laughs> Hits him with, he throws a brick at him like it's home alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hits him with a fucking trash can. Like, uh, like, it's fun to watch, but I was just like, what are we doing here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, a minor complaint because uh, I wasn't looking for, like, a big statement ending to this movie really mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know I, th- I thought that was probably like the weaker <laughs> section yeah it does feel like it kind of just just ends yeah, it yeah. just it just fizzles out a little bit i was like well, that was kind of <laughs> okay I, I, I am kind of glad though that w- there was the scene with chris tucker at the end because you know everybody's like hugging and making up after the fight with debo and everybody's getting their shit back from him because you know, like, they finally got revenge on the bully. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, there's still a van of guys with guns looking for them. And like, yeah. that that has not been solved. <laughs> like, they ain't just going to give up because they didn't find him. Yeah. Then he, <laughs> then he calls him. Then calls he, him, gives the money back. and But, like, we still know. And maybe maybe this is answered and there's two more Friday movies, yep. apparently. There's, ah. actually a, there's actually a fourth one that is in development purgatory though yeah well then there's uh the music video by rebecca black but that's i think loosely related (laughs) but for like what we've seen really i guess wanted to see them answer the question of uh why did craig get fired yes (laughs) because uh we were talking about like fourth wall break or no i think it was it was one of you in the group chat was talking about how there was a uh, someone in the sh- movie was playing a Dre song, mm-hmm. which implies the existence of N.W.A. in this universe, which and implies therefore. the existence of a doppelganger Ice Cube. Yeah. <laughs> the actual Ice Cube. <laughs> that Craig is just a guy who looks a whole lot like Ice Cube, <laughs> which would be very funny. <laughs> um, but like, there's literally part of the movie that they've never resolved, to my knowledge, is that he got fired for someone who looks a little bit like him stealing something from his job. And it's like, wouldn't it be funny if the real Ice Cube was the uh, person stealing? I don't know why he'd be like, like, I don't think he'd, I mean, he's like, he's a rapper now. (laughs) Even back then, like, I don't, he wasn't like stealing shit in '95. <laughs> yeah, at, that, at that point, he's well into his career. Already had several wildly successful albums at this point, right? Like, I don't, even before then, it, it was fun. I think I think it was just me and Charlie watched that like documentary. I think it was just about like Dr. Dre specifically, maybe. Oh, the Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine one. That was uh, it was really interesting for the first few episodes and then it slowly just turned into a beats ad which was really annoying (laughs) the end is terrible but the first like two episodes are really interesting yeah it's it's fun it it, it was funny to me and it's something that i feel like uh i think i've suspected about quite a lot of artists is that uh like when like they told the story about how uh ice cube ended up writing fuck the police Yep. And it was after they got arrested for like shooting paintballs at like <laughs> from their car at like other moving cars. 
it was like because like they were they were like kids you know like, yeah most of the like that and, and like I, I i know there was like gang violence like in their neighborhood and like i don't know how what everyone was like involved with but like it's just very funny that this song was from just like a very like childish prank mm. <laughs> and so like and I you just got like mad that like it was either him or like his friends got locked up for like a weekend or something and it, it was, was like, <clears throat> dr dre got arrested and was gonna be in like for a weekend is how long they said they were to keep him for and he said he found that out went home and wrote fuck the police because he was <laughs> mad that he wasn't gonna be able to hang out with dr dre that weekend <laughs> he was gonna be in jail yeah like that I don't know, and it's like with the what was their reputation as like the world's most dangerous rap group, which is like yeah. partly because they said the f word in like oh <laughs> like early '90s or like late yeah. '80s or something, which was like ooh scary, right? Like there were a bunch of explicits around, and all the white women got scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was something they leaned into for marketing purposes, right? Like that's another thing yeah. that they talked about in the documentary was like there's all these behind the scenes shoots of them in recording studios making music and they've got like you know what looks like a bunch of assault rifles on the tables and stuff like there's a clip of like easy with the you know pulling the bolt back on a gun he's like yeah this is my gun they're all airsoft guns (laughs) it's all just this stuff (laughs) i think that was also ice cube that they asked about that in the documentary he was like yeah no those are all just it's like generally funny to me when because like a lot of musicians like this happens in especially like rap and metal for some reason where like there's a lot of posturing going on and it's like yeah you sing for a living like what is (laughs) you're like an artist but it's the image that sells too though like it's not just the music they're selling they're selling the image yeah for sure and like i like i love those genres i'm not like saying i don't listen to and then like there are artists like you know that like literally have like sold drugs to live you know like that's a thing too mm-hmm. right? yeah but, but the, like, like the atlanta trap music industry is a big but also like prime example migos tweeting there was a picture or like there's a video that cuevo put out like two months ago of him with that like short gold-plated ar-15 with a chainsaw bayonet on it like he's in fucking gears of war yep and it's like they're from Gwinnett. <laughs> come <Yeah>. on <laughs> Right, or, like, there's, there's, I don't know, like, so many metal bands that are, like, try to act big and tough. It's like, I I don't know, man, you play a string instrument. Like, calm down a little bit here. (laughs) All right? (laughs) Like, but but then you have the bands that it's just like, oh, like, one of them is a literal murderer or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there is one one of those metal bands that's getting into some trouble because their, like, lead singer was in the Capitol riots. That yeah, that happens Classic. too. <laughs> that's the thing. I I, I want to buy. Cause I think a lot of like metal shirts are cool looking, but you really got to be careful with like what <laughs> band you pick <laughs> because some of them are like legitimately uh, crazy, secret fascists. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> or not so secret with some of them. You know. Uh, but uh, speaking of music, though, the soundtrack for this movie was the number one on the Billboard charts for like two weeks. Really? It's yep. A good, it's a good soundtrack. Yep. It but got, I, I wasn't aware it had that kind of like pull. You know, like, I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, it got kicked off by Hootie off. and the Blowfish. But uh, gotcha. it was up there for two weeks. 
Uh, did y'all know that there is an Atlanta trap museum now? Is it the 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 pink? It's not the pink house, right? It's something. Well, else. no, yeah, it's not in the pink house, but they have stuff from the pink house. The pink house is no longer pink. The city bought it. It's That's now right. white. Um, because like people were parking in like all of the businesses around the pink trap house. I mean, it's it's on Howell Mill, like in the middle of a bunch of businesses. It's not like back in a neighborhood somewhere. It's on one of the busiest roads in West Side. Every white girl that has ever lived in Atlanta has a picture in front of that house. <laughs> uh, and so all the all the businesses surrounding it got mad because whenever there was a party at the Pink Trap House, like all of their parking lots were full of people who were not going to their businesses. But yeah, there's there is a trap museum in Atlanta. Like I saw it, re- I saw like an ad for it recently, and all the photos on Google are just like there's like rooms with just a bunch of guns lined up. There's a picture of like a, a stove that has all the stuff to make crack on top of it. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Where is that? I want to go. <laughs> that, did you guys watch, this is going way on a tangent here, but uh, did y'all, y'all watch the first two seasons of Narcos, right? When it was in Colombia yeah, still. Yep. Or at first like three. Did you watch the the Mexico ones more Dude. recently? Did not. I watched a bit of it, but I, I kinda lost It's not as good at all. Um, but the first the second season, excuse me, of that There's an escape room in this? Okay, this is fucked up. I don't <laughs> think this is cool anymore. I don't think I think I think there's something wrong here. <laughs> Seems like an attraction. Uh, They're kind of making light of some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, I'll say, yeah, okay, the, uh, the the second season of it near the start. Because, you know, in the whole show, there's there's stuff going on in the background with, like, the CIA guy that keeps messing with the DAA agents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes back around in <laughs> the the second season of the, the Mexico part. Um, they're like selling the, the cartels are trying to like make a new deal with some distributors in LA who are demonstrating to them how they can turn the cocaine into crack in order to make more money off of it per ounce or whatever. And these dealers are played by Migos. (laughs) Uh, It's just them talking about how to make crack. It's like this feels inappropriate. I mean, our uh, law and gov teacher from high school, who will not be named, uh, did like plan out an entire like gang law month, and part of that was talking about how easy it is to turn ten thousand dollars of cocaine into a hundred thousand dollars of crack using nothing but your stove and baking soda. Yeah, I never realized how like surprisingly woke he was until now. Yeah. <laughs> He was trying to tell us a lot of stuff. <laughs> yep. Same with the other history teacher down the hall from him. Oh, no, he had some interesting economic takes. I don't, I don't even remember much of what they were. All I remember is him, like, just telling us that we were all failures for being in, like, whatever, like, non-honors class I was in. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, I was in AP, and the first thing he told us was, like, you are all anal-retentive overachievers 
and you're going to annoy me. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I got, I'm pretty sure I got a C in his class just because I was like, yeah, like, fine, I'm going to underachieve. Fuck you. I'm not going to work on your shit. If you don't care, I don't care. <laughs> I'm in ninth grade. What do you want from me? Motivation? Fuck no. So this movie had me thinking that it might be time, because I feel like we've said this about a few movies we've done, that at least I think that Friday is a vibes movie. I feel like we need to nail down what that means, uh, especially because uh, no one's going to be saying vibes in like a year. So <laughs> we got we to gotta work fast before that slang like moves on to something else. So what I was thinking it has to be uh, is a movie that you could leave on at like a social gathering. Remember those? And like people could jump in at some point at like any random scene and like enjoy themselves and have a good time and get like a feel of what the movie's trying to be. Mm-hmm. And like a come and go at any point in the film sort of context. Yeah. That's that actually a great definition. That's actually a great description. It's just like a background noise movie that you can jump in and out of. Yeah. I would say like uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow is a vibes movie. A bad vibes what? movie. <laughs> it's mostly bad vibes. But it, you know, I think that counts. I think it's because even though I sat through that entire movie and watched it in extreme detail, I still feel like I missed half the movie. So I'd probably feel the same way if I just walked up to it at a party and watched it for five minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just to be clear, you will are not saying that you think Beyond the Black Rainbow is bad. You're saying that the vibes are bad. I'm saying it's that spooky. its vibes are intentionally bad vibes. Yeah. It's meant to make you feel not good about anything (laughs) i was thinking about drive uh because as we discussed with our personal experiences with it they were very much vibe viewings just dipping in and out of places where drive was on see i think with my definition drive might not because if you watch it you'd be so at the beginning versus like near the end it's like it'd be like a totally different you would think drive is about very (laughs) different things i guess you you would pick up on two different vibes but like the plot of that movie doesn't fucking matter so i think it kind of does i don't know i dispute Eh, that i don't know maybe i'm just like my brain is poisoned in regard to that movie it drives his motivations even though they're shitty motivations it still is a driving factor in them just think, like, what what else would be, would be a lot of comedies are because they're kind yeah. of like meandering, you know, or like. Have, hmm. we, have we done many? We haven't really done many comedies. I haven't done that many comedies because I've avoided picking too many of them because I feel like it can be hard to just. Maybe hard to talk about. I feel like it's easy to slip into like remember this scene, haha. Yeah. Uh, so like I don't know. I think every movie podcast is allowed to do that to some extent, but uh, I don't want that to be the whole show. You know? Yeah, I could all, I could say like Napoleon Dynamite would be a vibes movie because for just sure, kind of, yes. oh, that, it's a, a meandering. Example. You know, the, the, a lot of a lot of Christmas movies are vibes movies. Actually, The Big Lebowski. I, I suppose so. I'd say so. I mean, the overarching plot is. I want a new rug because you're th- some thugs pissed on my rug. That's true. I still I've seen that movie a million times, and I still have trouble like piecing the whole plot together exactly. It really is. I think you're right that yeah, like each scene 
is like very kind of can be like very independently fun mm. <laughs> you know yeah and that can help one thing that helps vibes movies a lot is is if they're like well acted and you like can figure out what the characters are about like in passing you yeah. know uh, and all the characters in the big lebowski are very much like they say one sentence and it's like i know what that guy thinks about everything <laughs> <laughs> you know i know what kind of person donnie is <laughs> I would say the same about Friday too. That's true. Because the Friday the way that every character is presented, like, I don't know, you pick up on who they are really quickly. They're yeah. written well and they're shot well too. Like uh, <laughs> the uh, sort of like girl that I guess he's supposed to have been like dating, kind of right, Joy, that he calls at the be- or she calls him at the beginning is like asking like who were you at the movies with last night because my my girlfriend told me that she saw you at the movies and meanwhile there's just like a dude in her bed behind yeah oh i didn't i didn't even notice that i i didn't even notice the guy in her bed behind her Mm. yeah there's just a dude with no shirt on wearing jeans in the bed I, i i didn't even see that and that was another hint. Like it felt like the whole movie was hinting at there being some guy who looked like Craig running That's around. Because it's like we have two instances in this movie of people thinking they saw him somewhere and him like explicitly denying it, and then it is like never resolved. Maybe that's what the next movie's about. I don't know. <laughs> but like that would be crazy. It didn't feel <laughs> this. A movie like like this, I feel like usually they're not like sequel baiting <laughs> or like having through line plots. But like, uh, I don't know. Maybe Ice Cube was just like he- like hella confident <laughs> that this was gonna go well. <laughs> he seems like a confident guy, so maybe he was like, "No, I gotta have my plot for the next movie." <laughs> God, it's been a while since we've been able to watch like a perfectly length movie. Yes, no comedy should be longer than this. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the especially the comedy track because even this movie struggles to be funny to the end. It kind of just <laughs> it starts like to for me, kind of like peters out. You know, yeah, it just does uh, a different thing at the end, <laughs> which is a shootout. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know if you said that. That, that was kind of <laughs> surprising to me, at least. I didn't. I thought they were gonna like find some way to resolve it before any violence happened, but like yeah. no, our characters get like shot at a lot. <laughs> True. It, it's very interesting to me from a storytelling perspective where it feels again with the vibes of the movie. The whole time I was like, this is building to some sort of hijinks where they're gonna come up with some wacky plan to get two hundred dollars so that they can pay a uh, big worm back with his his perm uh, and then they just don't do it they literally yeah. just like hang out until 10 o'clock and do <laughs> just, nothing. they give up so easily which is very <laughs> well, funny when uh smoky literally has like a gold chain around his neck I and mean, yeah. he's like where could i find this money it's like pawn it pawn your shit but yeah they're just like well if we die we die and then they they, they show up and they try to kill him it's like wow yeah. It's like you have like a gold watch and like a, there's a boombox behind you. I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not an ideal situation, but you don't have to die. Yeah, exactly. You ain't going to get shot for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
But it kind of, like, contributes to the, the vibiness of the movie, where, like, that's such a strange route for a comedy to take, where it's, like, the, the feeling that you end up with, with the mixture of, like, being surprised that they didn't do anything, and also them getting shot at in this otherwise wacky comedy is, like, I can't say I've ever seen anything else quite like this, so I will remember the vibe of Friday for a long time. That's true. Uh, it, it's interesting because it really is treated as like kind of a like a tragedy, you know. Like everyone is walking out, kind of like shaken and mm-hmm. surprised and confused, trying to piece together what happened. Like, like it's a well done scene. It's just like not what I saw coming, you know. All right. Well, recommendations then. Uh, Park, would you recommend Friday? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I was, it's great. It's funny. I was laughing my ass off for most of the film. Uh, comedy still hits. Definitely recommend it. And will I would if you haven't already seen it and you want to like have a bunch of memes you've heard snap into place in your brain <laughs> as to where they came from. Uh, watch Friday because like it is become a part of like culture <laughs> you know um i would i would call this a definite watch yeah for sure this is, it's a good movie man it's funny and i like i said it's a it is a vibe unlike any other uh and a vibe that i think most people will probably enjoy so watch friday Well, that is our show. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. As always, be sure to leave a like, a rating, review, whatever you do on your podcast app. It really helps us out. Uh, You can find us collectively on all the stuff at Jump Cuts Pod. Also, that's our website, jumpcutspod.com. Where can the people find us individually? Will. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at WillPostWords, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Will Johnston. And Park. You can find me on Instagram at SummerHour underscore Brewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Charlie B Posts, where I will uh, start bullying Will into making another YouTube video. Uh, or, or something. <laughs> I don't know. I promise to do things on my social media here all the time, and I never do them, so I don't expect me to do that. That's, uh, yeah, that's the show. Thanks again. We appreciate it. New episodes every Thursday. Don't know what we're watching next time, because I was wrong about when Mortal Kombat comes out, so uh, it'll be a nice surprise. This is why we promise nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See you then. Bye, Felicia.